the journey. I don't know why I'm always wanting to return. Now, it's been a few years since I'd been back. I think it was probably Christmas a few years back. Uh, I could be wrong, but quite a lot's been happening in the last few years and the old stuff seems to keep getting pushed out. There was really no way to avoid going back home this time because I got a call from my mother last week letting me know that my brother's not feeling that well and he lives in this cottage near Intruder most of his adult life and he makes a living from laying footpaths that's actually a thing where you take just a piece of ground and you lay some rocks on top and you make it into a path we've had about a week to get things in order and we left London at 5.30 in the morning by train and we reached Edinburgh by about 2, I think, 2 in the afternoon. And then it's um, it was an 8-hour bus journey to Inshooter. Now you know why I rarely go back. It is a long way to get up there. So why am I telling you about this story? Because I think it builds context. And the context is that without him, I wouldn't be here. He's the reason that this story started. And it's only fair you get to know him a little before I tell you about my story. See, my brother was someone who could never be bothered to be anybody but himself. Now, for most people we end up being who everyone else wants to be. And it's very rare to find folk who are just who they are. And my brother was one of them, and he was strong, and I looked up to him. But he was 10 years older than me, so our relationship gravitated more towards father and son than older brother and younger brother. And my brother's name is Sam. So with Sam, he was never there, but now looking back, I see how much he shielded me. Although my father was there most of my life as a kid, looking back now, I see that he wasn't really there. See, Sam left school at fourth year when he was 15 years old. He took up this apprenticeship with a local joiner, and, and pretty much after that, I don't remember any stories with him because in all honesty, after that, he was pretty much gone, although we lived in the same house for a bit of time. By the time I was 16, he had himself a wee cottage up near the shore. And he'd call me up like some weekends and I'd go around and we'd start a fire, get we chippy and we would spend the whole night out getting pissed, just talking nonsense. But I liked being there spending the time with him, but I I hated the cold, the midges, the sleeping in crappy wee sofa. And I remember the things I hate when it's too late for me to really go back. The thing was, I would wake up feeling like a new man whenever I visited him. My head didn't feel heavy. My nose wasn't clogged up. I would... I would always see him across into the kitchen, sitting on the floor amongst his shoes, reading some book. Uh, 
and he was always reading. And whenever I catch him reading, it'll be through something else. Like I'd be outside having a smoke and I'd see him through the window just leaning against the ledge reading a book. So Sam is someone who prefers to live in the most basic way possible. So he didn't have a phone and he didn't have an email address. So he'd normally contact my mom. He'd normally call my mom using the phone box just near his house. And he would always use my mom to relay the messages on to me. And I, I just pop around some weekends and he would just be there. I mean, that's the thing about him, because since he didn't really have much else to do, I knew that if I could if I could make the trip to go and see him, he'd be there and he wouldn't mind me going around whenever whenever I wanted. Thinking back now, I don't really remember him talking that much. It was always me blathering on about something, trying to educate him about the world. It's um, it's it's people and it's technologies and, and how far things have come. And he'd just pretend to be interested. But one time I remember waiting for my can of Largo for an hour before realizing that he's gone off to sleep. I'd be carrying messages from my mom and dad to him and they would carry them back to me. And I don't know why he didn't really do much more than just call in now and again. Maybe he knew that what he had had to be separate from everything else or maybe he knew that everything else had to be separate from him. But either way, he was never really there. But once I was there with him, I never felt so connected to anything as much as I did to him. And I could see that the way he works and the way he does things, he connects so incredibly well with everything that he does. Everything is is commitment for him. Like when he's reading, he's reading. When he's when he's talking to me, when he's chatting, he's chatting. His mind's always there in that thing that he's doing, and there isn't really anything else that can come in the way between that thing that is him and that thing that he does. I remember that one night I brought my one of my girlfriends and she was called Sally I think she was quite she's quite a bit older than me. I knocked on the door but he never opened. The thing was I'm sure I saw him through the window maybe I saw a shadow or something else but but I think he was there and I wanted him to meet her I wanted her to meet him. But it just never happened. I tried again another day. He opened the door but said he had to go fix a path someplace. And that we would be free to use his place if he wanted. But he never really wanted to stay and connect with her. And he walked out with a bag full of gear on his shoulder and book in his hand. And, and I remember that I, I left with Sally a few days later and they never spoke a word to each other. I didn't even know where he was like. I guess he must have just camped out. He didn't have the heart to tell me that he didn't want me there, but I think he did want me there. He just didn't want himself to be there. On my 18th birthday, I remember asking him to come by for my birthday because I had a wee party at my home and he said he would, but he never turned up. 
I didn't see him for a good five years after that, I think. I moved out to Edinburgh to do a course on on foundation art. But that lasted a year and I was fed up with it by the end. And apart from meeting meeting my wife, Joe, it was pretty it was a pretty dull time. I wanted to go back home. It felt like I was starting to go through a year-long hangover. When I came back home, I went up to see Sam again, and it surprised me how much he hadn't changed. He wore the same clothes, he spoke the same way, and and he did the same things, but he had a few more gray hairs. But generally, he looked the same, the usual healthy Sam. But being away from him for so long, I could really appreciate the fresh air that he brought more than ever. The more I'd been living in the city and the more I'd been among so many people, the more I started to appreciate just going to meet one soul in the middle of nowhere. Living those five years seems to give me something that I could relate better to Sam. Those five years seem to have given me some sort of wisdom that seemed to help me better relate and better connect with him. Because see, the thing was, he could always connect with me and, and I was actually just learning to connect with him. I remember that weekend that I went up and we just stayed up all night chatting and we didn't even sleep. And the next day we went up for a hike and got pitched up in the hills and slept most of the afternoon. When I woke up that afternoon, like I saw Sam bent over and drinking water straight from the stream. It was hand in the water and straight to mouth. And then, to my horror, I saw him take a bottle and fill it with the water. And he came across to me, saw that I was up, and he offered it to me. So there's me looking at this bottle, and I could see little pieces of moss floating inside. But there was that level of trust that I had in him I guess I mean I did not if it was anyone else who gave me that bottle of water I would not have drunk it but this was Sam so I drank it and it tasted like water it didn't taste of anything else so what was supposed to be just one weekend ended up being two weeks and that's when I realized that although my brother had always been away from everyone, he had a certain wisdom that seems to be incredibly deep. And it was the depth of that wisdom that kind of made him want to get away from everyone. I remember that he used to tell me that he would sometimes spend weeks up in some Monroe hunting his own meat. He's a shit in a hole and he would tell me that for him that was holiday. 
I honestly like I never understood when he first told me, but those two weeks he showed me he actually showed me why and what he enjoyed. And I learned so much, not just about bushcraft, but about about him and about why he did what he did. Afterwards, we went back to his cottage and we talked about mom and dad. And he also told me a lot of things that made me understand why he moved away. Those two weeks had a profound impact on my life and and it changed the way that I saw myself. And when that changed, I looked at the world in a different way. And from then, uh, I started to ask myself, you know, why do I dream? Why do I suffer? And what does it mean to just be here? It's not that he sat me down and got me to ask these questions. It's just stuff he said under his breath when he was walking or trying to break a branch off a tree. The things that he said without thinking, the things that he was saying without saying. Those are the things that really stuck with me. So that morning I was making myself my cup of coffee and I just had this feeling that 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 feeling that I'm being watched and I felt the urge to look back out the window and I did but there was no one there. But then I heard the knocks on the door. See Sam told me about how when when you're out in the wilderness for a long enough time something in you awakens which is normally asleep when you're with everyone. Then I heard Sam opening the door from the inside and I heard him talking to someone. It was very brief. I heard the door close and I saw through the window this man walking away. So apparently they needed a path laid out around Kilburn House Cottage. And this is what Sam did. He lays footpaths. So that's when I knew that the days were coming to an end and I felt that I could do another day doing something. So I went with him and I started laying footpaths. Hope you enjoyed that story. If you have any feedback, if there's anything you think I could improve, then let me know. Drop me an email to sleepstoriespodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, then drop me a review. It'll be a massive help in letting other people know about my podcast and helping others discover it. And lastly, thank you for listening to this episode. And I'll be continuing to make some of these. And I hope these are helping you fall asleep. Good night.